Good evening. Yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about curiosity this evening. Um, I, kind of, I had this phrase, and I, I stuck it on, the, uh, on my Facebook cover. It's, I don't know where it came from. I usually, it's quite nice to try and credit people when you come up with these lies and phrases. But it was, blessed are the curious, for they shall have adventures. <laughs> so, a question. What are you currently curious about? What is piquing your interest? What are you currently curious about with regards to the kingdom, his nature, what you can expect, what's possible? Um, <clears throat> this is going to be interactive tonight. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to talk for a while and then I kind of had in mind to do something, but it may or may not happen. No, just piqued your interest. Um, <laughs> So just, just out of interest, what, what are you curious about at the moment with regards to what's possible about walking in that supernatural lifestyle of what you can expect to see in terms of releasing the resources of heaven? What, what are you curious about? I mean, I'm happy to have hands up so I can kind of see you. What are you expecting to happen? Yeah. Brilliant. So you'll start about to start day school. Come on. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Actually, as a little plug, we'll do this now. Um, there is the uh, Encounter Week. I know we've got no video announcements, um, but coming up, is it the 3rd of September? Yeah. 3rd to the 7th of September, there is a, what's called the uh, uh, Eastgate School of Supernatural Life. Spiritual Life. Spiritual Life uh, School. But it's, uh, it's basically an intensive, and it's open to, to anyone that just wants more. Um, and for whatever reason, maybe you can't do day school. You've not been able to get along to evening school. Um, there's information on the uh, website about that. Um, but starting school, getting to do school, getting to do the encounter week will increase your expectancy, what it is that you think you can see. And it will completely blow your mind. It will completely change your paradigms of what you think is currently possible right now. And maybe just you're curious about what school is. Maybe you're curious. So what else? What, what are people expecting? Or should I say, what are you asking to see that you've not yet seen? Yeah, so words of knowledge for people that you don't know. Okay, anyone else? So in terms of the stuff that you're reading at the moment in, in the Bible and stuff, are there any passages or sections of the Bible that you're particularly stuck in at the moment that just, you just don't seem to be able to get out of? Is there a particular scripture that you just always come back to, you just can't get away from, that you look at and you think, okay, you say it's possible, but I'm not sure. Those sorts of scriptures, they kind of, they try to, they kind of keep us in this place, or they, they have the potential to keep us in a place of continually delving into what's possible. And there's an invitation for a journey, and we, it's the whole thing about curiosity, is this eagerness to know or learn something. So I've been stuck in Acts 5. Not the, I oh know, and Sapphira bit. Well, that is interesting. Got some thoughts on that one. But no, stuck in Acts 5, where the apostles were kind of just doing signs, wonders, and miracles all over the place. And I don't believe it was just them alone. They'd created an environment where everybody was doing it. People were coming, and they were all of one accord. They were together together. And then Peter um, was just going about his everyday business and people were being healed as he walked past. And as a result of what was happening, people were being brought from miles and miles around. 
And it gets you thinking, because you think, well, that probably wasn't the first, it wouldn't have been the first time that that had happened. Pete was probably on his way to, I don't know, get some sandwiches or something. And so it wasn't the first time it happened. So that sort of stuff, kind of, you get curious about it. How, what, why? But actually, the easiest thing is just to simply believe. Taking it down to the basic level, if you just see something that that you feel, "I, I want to know about this. I think the easiest thing is just to choose to simply believe. Sounds easy. (laughs) So, if blessed are the curious, for they shall have adventures. The word adventure uh, can mean an unusual and exciting or daring experience. And to engage in daring or risky activity. Does that sound interesting? Good, good. So you could put all that together and just say, blessed are those who are eager to know or learn, for they shall have unusual and exciting experiences as they engage in daring or risky activities. That, to me, sounds like life with Jesus. To me, that is a definition of the ultimate adventure, which is life with Jesus. So who's up for putting a a line in the sand? Ooh, sparkly stuff. Sorry, slightly distracted. Pardon? Yeah, we were noticing it in worship. Noticing it in worship. I'm going to get distracted otherwise. We'll probably go there at some stage. Um, Who's up for drawing a line in the sand and saying, okay, if you could take a scripture, an encounter, um, a prophetic word, and say, I have not yet seen the fulfillment of this, uh, and I, I kind of want to, then drawing a line in the sand that says, I'm going to choose to believe what Jesus says is true. I'm going to go do battle with the unbelief and the thoughts that come in and simply just truly choose to believe. It's kind of that sort of stuff I've been thinking about. So I believe that curiosity is the key to discovering what is possible. There's many keys, but I think being curious. Uh, By the way, are there any cats in here? Good, (laughs) good. That's really good. Um, Yes. So, uh, can I just say, curiosity killed the cat. Um, I looked. I had to look it up because as soon as you mention curiosity, it's the first thing that comes into your mind. Oh, yes, no. Um, Actually, according to Wikipedia, which is the font of all knowledge, um, (laughs) it talks about actually sadness and worry killed the cat. Come. (laughs) that's a whole complete message in itself but I'm quite reassured there are no cats here which is good, no animals will be harmed in the beginning of this message Um, can't say what I think about cats Um, right so curiosity is the key to discovering what is possible so I I was reading um, in Luke 9 uh, well it's entitled uh, the Samaritan, Samaritan village rejects Jesus. But actually, I kind of looked at it and thought it was more like the unsuspecting Samaritan villages near Miss. <laughs> because the disciples, actually, when you read it, they have an awareness of what's possible. What happens is Jesus is heading to Jerusalem and he sends them ahead to prepare, you know, get them to prepare a place. And the, the Samaritans reject Jesus and the disciples. So they come back and say, well, look, shall we call down fire like Elijah did? Thinking... Wow. So Jesus kind of says, well, look, um, you you don't know what spirit you're of. And I haven't come to destroy mankind, but I have come to give life. I've come to save. What's really interesting is if you go back a little bit and look at where James and John had been, not long before that, they'd been on the Mount of Transfiguration. 
where Jesus had been revealed in his glory. He changed before them. The presence of God, the cloud of God's presence had come. And at that moment, Elijah and Moses, they're having a conversation. And they can see Elijah and Moses. So their, their paradigm for what is possible with regards to the supernatural, what's possible to, to see happen, is an Old Testament grid. It's an Old Testament paradigm. So they've just been on the mountain. There's Elijah. And they ah, oh, yeah, shall we call down fire like Elijah did? That's why I think it's the Samaritans near miss, because they're aware of what is possible, which is fascinating. When you look at Elijah and you look at some of the things, it's almost like a blueprint for a supernatural lifestyle. When you look at what happened and all of the miracles and all of the supernatural events that are there. But we actually get to call down fire of a different sort. We get to call down the fire of the Holy Spirit, if you want to put it in that fashion, that we get to flow with the spirit that works through us. Not to destroy, but to bring life, to bring freedom, to bring people into freedom. So they they were curious. They had an adventure with Jesus. Jesus was basically taking them on this journey from, yeah, that's great, you, you can do that. But actually, here's the journey of grace and love. And that's the journey that we can go on, because we can do this stuff. It's their power gifts. It is possible to, to, to see stuff happen and act purely out of a gift or purely out of power and release, but there'd be no love backing it up. And it's scary. Um, uh, There's there, there scripture about, um, did we not do miracles in your name? That, when I, I'm going to be, yeah, okay, I'll talk about this a little bit. It's only about five years of of seeing what is possible and then coming into this environment and being part of school and just growing, you know, and being curious about what's possible. But before that, when I started to see stuff happen, I was in an environment where it wasn't necessarily the sort of stuff that happened. And what happened was that that scripture was used in a way to tell me not to do it. In, in a way, it was, it was, we're not too sure about what is happening. And actually, in, it, I can see what was happening in terms of how it was presented. It was, it was given in a, in a message and it was presented from the point of view of this has to be done from the position of love. But the way it came across was, in many ways, was to stop it happening as a, as a threat. And love is powerful. It is full of power. So you can operate in power and not operate out of love. God so loved the world. We know that. It says God so loved the world that he gave his son. I said he'd been stuck in Genesis 1. Um, if you want to go there, we'll go to Genesis 1. It's at the beginning. So I kind of didn't think I was going to stick on this bit, so I'll stick on this bit. Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I said, I've been stuck in this particular passage. And when I thought about the Holy Spirit hovering, for some reason I've only ever seen it in one dimension, hovering over the sea, seeing it in my own mind's eye, and, and I was thinking and thinking this through when you realize that Holy Spirit was over the surface of the deep. He was entirely surrounding the circumference. 
And it was formless and void at this stage. Before the foundation of the time, he knew us. Before the foundation of time, he had plans for us. Before the foundation of time, Christ was crucified, the lamb was slain. So I I started to imagine him holding his dream. He literally is cradling, Holy Spirit is, is cherishing and cradling in his hands the dream of what he wants to see and what will happen. And then he spoke. And the word to speak, it means he created, is to form, to shape, and to fashion. And also within the meaning of that word, you can find miracle. Before the foundation of time, he loved. Before the foundation of time, he knew us and created us. Jesus turns up on the scene. He's been baptized. He has the affirmation of the the Father. He's gone into the wilderness and now he's out. And he's turned up at the synagogue where he was known. And he takes the scroll. We know he reads from Isaiah 61. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And I imagine in that moment that he was not just addressing human ears and eyes, but he was standing there. And effectively what I imagine him doing in the unseen realm was saying, I am here. This is who I am. And this is what is going to happen. And that is the very same announcement that we get to bring into every environment that we go into. Because he is in us. And we get to say, I am here. This is who I am. I am a daughter. I am a son. I have all of the resources of heaven at my disposal. I am an open heaven. And this is what is going to happen. I've used this phrase before, and I just love this phrase. It's something that God spoke to me about, the signature of heaven being love. And we are the the uniquely crafted pens, individually uniquely crafted, beautiful pens, through which the resources of heaven flow. What can stop that happening is what we think is possible. So... If we're an open heaven and he says nothing is impossible and therefore we can raise the dead and we're faced with a situation where that is necessary, what's the first thing that can go through your mind? Um, Can and he won't? Okay. Yep. Okay. That's the sort of thought that goes through your mind. Okay. Foundational to us venturing into all that God has for us is our identity the knowledge of his will, and the renewal of our minds. Those three things, of which curiosity is part, is foundational in us bringing all that's available into this realm, from the heavenly realm. So yeah, (laughs) unbelief is a big one. I, I, I kind of, I think, what I, what I kind of think of is like, when you're faced with a situation where Basically, everybody that came to Jesus was healed, every single person. And when you're faced with a situation that you're looking at, you're thinking, I'm I'm not sure. Is it, won't he, is it this, is it that? Effectively, anything that comes into opposition with what Jesus says is possible is unbelief. And we all do it. I'll put both hands up. We face situations and it's, 
But if what do you do with that first thought? Similarly along the lines of when we're talking about words of knowledge and we, when we're learning about words of knowledge, we say, go with the first thought. We think it's crazy, but just go with the first thought. It's almost a reverse effect that when you're about, you're, you're looking at a situation, that first thought, if it doesn't look like heaven, sound like heaven, if it's not going to bring life, trash it. <laughs> Bin it. Yeah. Curiosity will reveal what perspective we're living from. So I wrote something a little while ago, and I'm going to kind of just work my way through it. But there's a thing about being curious about what faith accompanied by expectation looks like from heaven's perspective. So when you have a scripture like John 14:12 that says that these things that I have done, you will do, and even greater... He doesn't stop there, which you think that in itself, you could spend, you will spend all of eternity discovering just that one thing. Curiosity will take you on a journey of just, in just that one sentence. Well, you could just stay there. You could, you could literally say, I will give myself to just this one thing. And then he adds a little bit more to it where he says, he just says, well, you know, you can ask for anything in my name. So I think what you're alluding to as well. And that, and he will do it. So that our Father in heaven gets the glory. So the way that I look at this in terms of curiosity, there are journeys into the realms of heaven. And there are uh, unlimited opportunities for adventures in faith. And it's beyond the limits of our ability to ask. It's beyond our imagination. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to enter into these realms. And he's longing to take us off road. It's off-road into the immeasurably more, and it's supernaturally empowering us to understand the height, the depth, the width, the length of his love. And all that is available, his limitless realms of his divine nature, of which we're called to be partakers. So he takes us on this adventure of faith, of trust, into the depths of his heart. And he fills us so completely that we can't help but overflow with hope. We literally overflow with hope to the world around us. But there are places in him for us to discover. And places unlimited resources, infinite and eternal. But when our perspectives match those of um, the kingdom and, and its king, we'll have the privilege and joy of discovering there what we can release here. And in greater and greater measure. So there is this journey of continually... Changing the way that we think. I think key to this adventure of faith in terms of curiosity is if we notice that we're just not coming into agreement or we're kind of disagreeing with what Jesus says is possible, then we need to change the way that we think. And it seems to me that actually it is a journey, a continual journey of continually changing the way that we think. When you, um, when you ask God for, for a gift, how, how do you interact with that anyone want to what do you do in terms of when you receive something from from god in terms of gifts how do you interact with that how do you explore it so if you have a, a an encounter with god and actually even just simply going to to corinthians where it says the gifts of the holy spirit how do you interact? How do we interact with what we're being given? Yeah. What does trying it out look like? 
Does it look like risk? Yeah. Out of your comfort zone. So it looks like risk. Yeah. Risking being wrong. So gifts are fun. God is fun. Holy Spirit is fun. The outworking of, of, of what he gives us is that we get to release hope and joy and peace and love. We get to see people coming into the kingdom. We get to see people live in the benefit of all that Jesus paid for. Um, I, had a, I had an encounter where um, we, were, we were encouraged to, uh, in our mind's eye, there was this, there was this room. The door was, was, was there. It had never been locked. It had always been open. But we were being encouraged to, to open the door and go into this room. In this room were loads and loads and loads and loads of shelves. And we were being encouraged that there are gifts on the shelves to actually take Take, uh, actually, no, it wasn't to take a gift, to ask Jesus to actually give you the gift. So, um, I think, okay. Now, I thought, okay, we'll go with that. So, I, in my mind's eye, I've gone into this room, and I've had this gift given to me, and I've put it down. And it was a gift of miracles. So, what was really interesting was, as I went to open it, it was Jesus' hand and my hand. We were opening it together. I lifted the box uh, lid and I looked into the box expecting to see the bottom of the box. There was no bottom. Absolutely no bottom to this box. I was like, why is there no bottom to this box? He said, because you will limit what is possible to do in you, through you and with you. Because you will limit it. Because we do. We, 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 it's... Beyond our imagination and beyond our ability to think. Curiosity will take us into those places. But... <laughs> okay. What gifts do you want right now? What gifts? What is it that you want right now? What is it that you have been asking for? What is it that, that you just think, oh, yeah, that would be... What is it that you want? So should we do that now? (laughs) Okay. So, freely freely you've received, so you freely give. For some some this is easier than for others. Um, But I'm just going to go for it anyway. So, if you want to close your eyes... If you want to ask, um, okay, sometimes it's difficult to know what to ask for. So, Jesus, thank you for your presence right now. Jesus, thank you that you have good gifts. Father, thank you that you're wanting us to move to operate in all that's been paid for and all that's been released. So, Jesus, I just invite you, thank you that right now, would you give us a gift? So as he's doing that, then let curiosity get the better of you. Open the box. Ask Holy Spirit, how do you want me to interact with this? What is it you want to show me? What's on your heart? How does this work? Is there anyone that's happy to share what they might have just experienced?
What did you see on the Twitter feed? Come on up. Come on up. This is awesome. Yes. Yeah. Um, I saw um, the word purple and then um, moving and um, I saw um, a kind of contract come up. So it was like um, someone who has, I don't know, it's something to do with the word. I think it could be a purple front door and trying to move house. And I saw that it was going to get sorted. And then I saw um, India and a plane ticket and that someone wants to go and do something in India and that they're going to get a plane ticket. Um, and I've just forgotten the third one. <laughs> does, that, does that mean anything to anybody? I'm thinking of purple bricks for company, moving into that company. Yeah. Does anyone want to go to India? Okay. Come on. Okay. Do you want to... Um... <laughs> yeah. Okay. All those who want to go to India, form a queue. <laughs> Anyone else have something that they would like to, to share where they felt that Jesus was showing them? Yeah. Thank you. I asked for two gifts. I asked for wisdom and I asked for love, that I'd be able to see people as God sees them. And um, because you'd said about the box opening and it suddenly becoming bottomless, and mm-hmm. when I asked him for wisdom and I opened the box, it did feel like bottomless, as if his wisdom is infinite. And I was falling through it as if I was falling into space. And then I asked him for love and all the space turned golden. And I felt, and, and I felt this tremendous... Um, Joy, and I thought love and joy are the same thing. I just felt that in God, love and joy is yeah. the same thing, and that yeah. I, I, I don't know, but I, I have to process that. But it was like a revelation that moving into love is like moving into joy. Yeah. yeah. You know, Jesus was, is the same yesterday, today, mm-hmm. forever. When I opened the box, there was past, present, and future. The past, in Holy Spirit just reminded me, all the past words of knowledge and wisdom is a platform for faith to be solid. And, and in the present, it can come up in the present, um, in the here and now, and the words of knowledge. And why this, I think, was brought to my mind. I met someone who was one of my first times that I heard God's word of knowledge. And I said to this person, what happened about the job? And she said... I was in it for 23 years and I was with this person when God showed me she should apply for a job at a doctor's surgery. So it's so relevant. I've been looking at the exciting things, curious to think, wow, I just met that person by chance or was it to encourage me? So our past um, that God has used us is to glorify him and so that builds into the present and also the future. And it's that... Um, when you said freely freely give go in my name and because you believe others will know that I live that was my baptism I knew nothing about you know the spiritual realm I was baptized by obedience reading a book when God said to me be baptized so it's that giving it's so exciting and I'm curious to where I'm going after all I've been through God said there's going to be more and I want the more please and I want others to have that too because it's not for us to keep is that okay perfect (laughs) 
See, curiosity explores what's possible. And what's happening is in that encounter, what you've been given are possibilities to explore, gifts to explore, realms to explore. Bill Johnson um, has a phrase that he uses, which is, God does not hide things from us, but for us. And he, he gets that one from Proverbs 25, 2, which it says that it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to search it out. I was reading the Passion Translation, and this is how the Passion Translation puts it. God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meanings of all that God says. The word matter is actually the word that is used for speech, utterance, and sayings. And glory, his presence, the kabod, the glory, the weight of his presence. That there's the revelatory realm is hidden within the glory of his presence. So curiosity will take you deeper and deeper and deeper into those realms. Deeper and deeper and deeper into what he has said. Deeper and deeper and deeper as you discover all that is available. And it's layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And it's interesting what you're saying about the stuff from the past. Because I actually, I kind of felt when I was preparing some of this, that... I'll tell you what I was doing. Actually, I sat at my kitchen table and I went up to put the kettle on. Slightly distracted and from getting from the uh, chair to the uh, to the kettle, I had this kind of thought. What I felt like was we are all at different points along the way. There are some some things that we've been pressing into for a long time, and somehow we've just stepped back from it. Some of us are carrying on going, going and going and going and going, and some things are in the past. Things that we have seen, things that we have tasted, things that we have delved, in, delved into. What I felt God wanted to do was actually to bring us back into that place of hope, into that place of wonder, into the place of awe, into the place of continuing the journey. If it needs to be a reset, it's a reset. If you're carrying on going, great. But I felt like for some of us, We've, we've come to a place of seeing quite amazing stuff happen, having breakthroughs, and then for whatever reason, we've just hit this plateau. We feel as if we've hit this plateau. It doesn't feel like God's speaking about this particular thing. If it doesn't feel like God's speaking about the particular thing, it may well be we just need to go back or we need to rest in that place because there's more to discover. But I just felt it was this, this, this sort of reset for everybody that this is what is possible and curiosity will take you there. And it reveals, say, the revealing the perspective of what we're living from. But it's inextricably linked to wonder. So wonder is to be in awe and to be fascinated. Uh, a desire to know something, to feel curious. But it's a feeling of amazement and admiration. Caused by something beautiful, remarkable or unfamiliar. Curiosity is key to walking in the realms of the unfamiliar. Wonder, curiosity. And the unfamiliar is something that you have no knowledge or experience of. So the layer upon layer upon layer, we discover something in God. We have encounters. We see something happen. And then sometimes we can kind of just settle in that place. And things become familiar to us. And we're used to what we, uh, the way we hear. We're used to see, seeing things happen in a particular way. But that, that's kind of not the way the kingdom works. 
he is continually drawing us into the unfamiliar. The journey of faith is beautiful. It is remarkable. And apostolic prophetic environments like this and others are constantly challenging us and drawing us into the unfamiliar. <laughs> there's, a, there's a quote. Uh, Nietzsche, German philosopher. Haven't read any of his stuff. Just like the quote. Um, and he said, those that were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who could not hear the music. The journey of faith, this constant drawing into the unfamiliar, can to some look quite insane, (laughs) quite strange, quite odd. In fact, curious, another definition of curious is strange strange and unusual. But it's this, our hearts being prepared to continually move into the unfamiliar, to continually move on, to be challenged. In a way, it's like a, a, you're forerunning, you're, you're creating pathways for people to follow. So individually, we'll have things that God has spoken to us that are not dreams and, and things that we've got in our hearts. That sometimes to some people it can make us look as if what we're doing is unusual or dangerous or risky. That's the point. Life with Jesus is an adventure. And so it will pull us into those places. And then what we get to do is we get to create pathways through which other people can then follow So we can see what's ahead. We can see that thing that we want to see. We can see that thing that we want to experience. And we start walking in that direction. And the ground is, is, is hard and it's, it's difficult and we have to fight our way through it. And there's obstructions along the way. There's difficulties along the way. Disappointment along the way. But as we keep on going over that ground and as we keep on going and we don't give up, we create. When you look back, you've got a path that's being created. And then other people start to be able to see what it is that you're doing and they can start walking along that path. I spent, I spent some time in a, in a woods recently. Uh, I won't go into all of the details, but the woods represent a dream. And as I was walking around the woods, there are parts which are, the paths are perfectly clear and they'll take you to various destinations. And then as you're walking, there are other pathways that are relatively clear. But as you walk through them, I was in flip-flops. It's not great. You start picking up twigs and bits of stuff, and and it's more difficult. And then as you're walking down those paths, you can kind of see areas. I'm sure it's probably animal tracks, but you can kind of see areas where, hmm, I'd like to get over there. But if I I can't actually walk through here, I haven't got the appropriate footwear, but I want to get over there. And to me, that's almost a picture of what it looks like, where curiosity will take you on this adventure. That I was was getting the benefit of where people had walked before, and it was a nice, free, lovely path, and then some of the other paths was a little bit harder. But we get to actually start to explore those realms of God, where we get to bring heaven to earth, where we get to see... Uh, the unseen manifest in the situations that we're in. And sometimes it's hard work. But we're creating a path that others can follow. And we may seem completely mad at the time. We're dancing to a different tune. But eventually, others start to catch the tune. They start to catch the melody. And they start to join. And the path gets clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. 
So one of, one of the things that I spoke before, one of the things I was going after is, is 100% healing. It's the standard is 100%. Now, we are contending for, we can contend for perfect health zones. Which means we don't then actually need to get people healed. But in contending for the 100%, it's hard work at times. I don't mean as in we have to work hard, but there are challenges along the way. You face disappointments. If there is something that you have decided to give your life to, that a particular thing, there is no turning back. There is a decision that you make that says, right, whatever it takes, then we're going on this path. It does not matter what happens. We are going on this path. And yes, stuff happens. Things happen along the way. We need comfort. We need to come into the places of being able to rest. But we also need to be able to get up and go again. There is this thing. I th- okay, I'm going to go there. <laughs> Mystery. We, we are in an environment where the unfamiliar, we're, we're moving into realms of things that maybe we've not seen before. <clears throat> and if we take healing, for example, there are things that happen along the way when we know that it is God's will to heal 100% all the time, but we don't see it. When we come across those situations... There is, I feel sometimes, and it's not just in the realms of healing, I think there's a temptation sometimes to take that very thing and to stick it in a box we label up as mystery and then walk away from it. It can happen. If we walk away from that thing, that thing that we've left in the mystery box, I kind of get a sense almost, it's almost like an abdication of responsibility. That somehow we can leave it there and, and walk away and go, okay, it's just mystery. Yeah, we do mystery here. We do mystery. We kind of, we're high on kind of mystery. That's not the sort of mystery we do. <laughs> my feeling, my, my opinion is it's a way of spiritualizing unbelief. We have to relinquish the right to understand everything. There's no way we can understand everything, the reasons why certain things do and don't happen. But in the same way, you can choose to look at the problem or you could choose to go after the answer. We can camp around what didn't happen or you could take that and you can say, right, I don't understand why that didn't happen or did happen, but I refuse to abdicate my responsibility to bring heaven to earth, to see Jesus get everything he paid for. Mystery is part of the kingdom before Jesus comes back. It's a thing of persevering, not giving up. William Winston Churchill, never, 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 never give up. Mystery, I think it's got a bad name. It's got a bad, bad name. They are the things that we... It's the delight. It's our delight to search them out. And I love what it says in the Passion Translation because it reveals the value that we place 
the honor of kings, to thoroughly search these things out. Okay, I'm going to do it. I don't often. (laughs) I have a diagnosis of MS. Um, But I'm going to give you a bit of the backstory on this. And yeah. So three years ago, I started having symptoms. um, And eventually I had, I was given a diagnosis of MS. A year later, I received a letter to say that I had no trace of certain things that they were looking for. The consultant then decided I did not have MS. And they were looking at migraines and other things as being the the, the reason. So in that moment, it was like, yes, this is awesome. This is an amazing testimony. Wow. Wonderful. Fantastic. And actually, you know, I can point to things along the way where... Symptoms directly left as a result of prayer. So there was symptoms leaving as a result of prayer. Someone came up to me in, uh, in day school and said, God, show me you've been having problems with your swallowing. I had a small amount. And so they prayed and it never happened again. So that in the context of being prayed for, plus also having then the results of saying actually you don't have it. And this thing of celebrating the fact that I no longer have MS. A year ago, I had an MRI. And the results of which said that I had progression and there were signs of damage, further damage to my brain. That wasn't meant to happen. In my thinking, wasn't what I was expecting. And created a challenge. Created a challenge in what do I believe? Created a challenge in where am I going with this? What is happening? But actually, what do I choose to believe is true? So here's the medical facts. But here's the medical facts. But here's what do I believe to be true? I then went through this thing of do I or don't I do medication? So I feel well. I'm on medication. Is it prayer? Or is it the medication? Yes. Yes. Does that then mean that I don't pray for people who have a similar condition? No. Does that mean then that we get to go after things? I'll put it this way. I had the privilege of praying for someone um, at a church, different part of the country, who works for the NHS, who lost their peripheral vision uh, due to a stroke. And they reported that they were then able to see in the way that they shouldn't have been able to see. They were getting their peripheral vision back. That is a creative miracle because brain cells don't regenerate like that. That is a creative miracle. When I told you the story about Jesus giving me that box of miracles and it being bottomless. Did I see MS in there for me? Did I see any of that going? No, I just saw a bottomless box of possibilities. So that so that lady that we we get to pray for and this amazing thing happens that we celebrate. If a year ago when that thing happened and I got those results, if I'd have chosen at that point to say, well, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to pray for, for this. This is not possible. 
all that would have happened potentially is that lady may not have had her peripheral vision restored. I'm not saying it wouldn't have happened, but if you look at the trail of making the decision, you're going to keep on going. You're not going to bow to disappointment. You're not going to allow the enemy to have any more influence than he already has. In fact, you're going to go after it all the more, whatever it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Mystery is a glorious thing. It should lead us into amazing journeys. It should lead us into places where we get to see more and more and more and more and more of the kingdom released. And we get excited about it. We get excited because we're drawn into his heart. We get excited because we see wonderful, fascinating things happen. So, curiosity is an adventure. And we live from a place that has no end from eternity whilst at the same time physically existing in a realm called time. And we have this joy of going on these adventures of Holy Spirit. And he leads us further and further into the realms of wisdom and revelation. And he equips us to delve deeper into what is available and fills us with courage to take risks, to see more of the reality of the love and power of the goodness of God released to the world around us. We are invited to more than we can possibly imagine. So in closing, I would say, let curiosity be the fuel for the journey ahead. Let it fuel you. Let it fuel your journey. Walk in the realms of the unfamiliar. Stay in wonder. Explore possibilities. Bring life to people. Bring hope. I have this thing I was thinking, uh, one day we'll stand there and we'll, we'll see in full what we see in part. Mystery is a journey. Curiosity takes us into some of those realms. But until that day, we cannot give up. I love Winston Churchill. Never, 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 never give up. Yeah.